I can't care what someone else's opinion is going to be of me because their model of their world doesn't match mine. Hello and a very warm welcome to How Do You Do It? A podcast for all those who want to be inspired and get more out of life. If you want tools and advice to live a better life, then you've come to the right place. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the podcast. If you're new to the podcast, Naomi Sferko here. Nice to have you listening. If you are a regular listener, thanks for listening again. A special shout out. I said I'd pick out a few names and give a special shout out to those listeners who've been sending positive messages. This week, I would like to say thank you to Rola Azzi and to Jenny Gray for their kind, positive messages. Thank you so much for taking the time out to write a positive message about enjoying the episode. I appreciate you. Uh, This episode is an interesting one because life's a bit different in Switzerland. Our coronavirus restrictions have eased up. Uh, It is Saturday at the time of me recording this. And on Tuesday, which is when it is released, it is my birthday. And I will be going out with a few friends of mine, which will be lovely. It's going to be interesting to be able to go back to work, to go to a restaurant and celebrate my birthday. And I'm very reflective during my birthday week, really thinking about the personal growth journey. I'm becoming who I want to become, what I'm doing wrong, what I'm doing right. It's really that reflective stage. I really do believe life is a constant personal growth journey rather than a destination. And it's all about improving and realizing that we're going to constantly make mistakes. But if we're learning from those mistakes and living life with more intention and purpose, then we're on the right track. And just, you know, to be kind to ourselves and to others. Yeah, there's my my reflection. But, you know, my guest today is is quite wise in talking about personal growth as you get older. So I, w- I would like to introduce him and I hope you enjoy our chat. He's a really cool industry dancer, producer, and director. His name is JJ Valar. He has worked in the entertainment industry all around the world, in the US, Europe, Australia, Japan. And he was recently, uh, a few years ago, in the Vegas Cirque du Soleil Michael Jackson One show in Las Vegas. And he's also choreographed megastars. I'm talking like Jennifer Lopez, Pitbull, The Temptation, Boys to Men, Pointer Sisters. He's choreographed all these big stars, but he's currently really proud of the fact that he mentors young people. He's a life coach. He's a mindset coach. And he's all about shedding other people's opinions to become the best version of yourself that you possibly can. He's motivational. He's inspiring. He can dance, but he can also really offer you a great pep talk. I hope you enjoy this episode. And if you do, let me know on social media. Hi, JJ. How are you? Wonderful, Naomi. How are you doing this beautiful morning? Good, thank you. I'm so excited that you agreed to come on the show. Absolutely. I'm glad to be a part of... What time is it over there right now? Uh, Right now, it's 6.47 p.m. 
Uh, well, I'm in Vegas. It's uh, 9.48 in the morning. Cool. So your bio is amazing. So you've done amazing things. You're a dancer, producer, director, award-winning choreographer. You even choreographed shows for Jennifer Lopez, Pitbull, Boys to Men. So cool. And you're currently in the Michael Jackson Cirque du Soleil one show in LA, in Las Vegas. Is that right? Uh, I was, uh, oh, you for about, yeah, I was for about seven years. Yeah. So wow. I was one of the, uh, original dancer artists there. Then I went and moved up from being just uh, an artist in the, in the show to being, uh, one of the show choreographers for a segment of their show, as well as one of the coaches. Really cool. So did you always want to be a dancer or is it something that, you know, you realized you had a talent in? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I grew up in uh, Bogota, Colombia, and I was always watching Michael Jackson videos. My dream was to always dance for Michael. And I remember early on as as young as what I think it was like maybe four or five, I can remember just watching MJ's videos with my best friend at the time, dressing up like him, learning the moves from the TV because he was like the biggest pop star in the world at that time, especially in South America, you know, but yeah, I, I grew up wanting to, uh, I didn't know I was going to be a professional dancer. I always loved dancing and I was a street dancer. I was never a studio dancer where I would go and take class. It was just using a, a ghetto blaster, the tapes being outside on the street, you know, and just mm-hmm. dancing like the old school break dancers. <laughs> so that's so cool. And so then did you get professional training to get into the industry or did you kind of just work it out as you started working? That was that wasn't until years later. It wasn't until around uh I want to say 1997-98. I was a high school teacher at the time and uh I ended up meeting uh somebody I used to work with marching band programs. I was assistant band director. I was the flag coach and choreographer for different uh programs. And because I had won a couple of uh, world championship titles in that, I would be I would get hired as a consultant for a show for marching band field show programs and the indoor uh, winter guard programs. So I would go into different schools and I would go in to consult or teach. And I had uh, met somebody that was also from the what we would call the band geek world, mm-hmm. you know, because we were all outcasts. We were band geeks. <laughs> and uh, this uh, particular instructor for a marching band in Lancaster, uh, he was Michael Bolton's drummer. So I, I went up and I asked him on a break, how do you go from being a band geek, you know, a musician mm-hmm. like us and go into the entertainment world? And so he referred me to an entertainment company in Los Angeles called Wayne Foster Entertainment. And he said, you know, they have dancer auditions there all the time and they work with big corporate events, you know, give them a call, let them know that I sent you and see if they have a dance audition. And uh, so I went, I gave them a call a couple months later, they called me back, said they were going to have a dancer's audition. I'd never actually done a dancer's audition in the industry before. Mm. And I had never really formally taken classes at that time. And so I went and uh, on a whim, you know, I mm. just uh, went to the audition. I actually booked the job. And uh, when I booked the job and I knew I was going to start doing professional jobs, I was like, you know what? I might want to go take a couple of dance classes and, you know, see what this is about mm. and maybe learn a little bit of choreography and how to how to learn choreography 
better mm. I am. So I, I started taking classes and uh, that was kind of the start. I, I had booked my first job before I ever took my real first dance class. That's incredible. Things are taught along the way, but one thing that isn't always taught is confidence. And yeah. I've seen you on the Ellen show. I've seen you like dancing in front of so many people, such big crowds. How do you get into the mindset? And did you always have that confidence? If I'm honest, I've always had a confidence because it was always instilled in me, but I didn't really know how to always tap into it. Mm. Uh, and and I didn't recognize the distinction until I got older, you know, because as, as a younger kid growing up in one of the hardest industries and mm-hmm. image industries in the world, you have a lot of competition and you have a lot of... Uh, what I call your inner critic, which is that dialogue that we all have in, the, in in your mind, that conversation that is limiting you from your greatest potential. You know, I'm in the business where that little inner critic is not only in your head, but it's in front of your face. And it's actually mm-hmm. what's preventing you or helping you getting a job or keeping you from booking a job. And uh, early on, I... I learned that if I concentrated being in my heart space, which I didn't know the distinction, but as far as the language goes, but back then I knew that if I just followed my gut, if I followed my heart, if I felt good about doing something that I knew I was good at, even though I didn't know how I was good at it or why I was good at it, that's what gave me the confidence. And even still, like, I don't believe... I don't believe I've ever stepped foot on a stage around the world or in front of millions and millions of people Mm. uh, that I've not been nervous, that I've not been nervous, you know? And I think that if you aren't nervous, then there's an issue. There's a problem, (laughs) you know, because there's something so magical about slightly being nervous and maybe nervous is the wrong word. I want to say more or less excited. Yeah. And uh, that there's always that element of surprise when you go on stage or when you go in front of the camera or anything like that. And I think that that's what keeps me on my toes and it keeps me sharp, you know? Mm. So I think through time, I built the ability to tap into the confidence mm. and so that I can call it upon demand. Mm. But when I first started, it was one of those things that it was more or less uh, being driven by a feeling and an emotion. And then I recognized what it was and then I could use it to my advantage. Do you have any specific techniques that you use besides the self-talk? I'll give you my, my personal technique. I close my eyes mm. and I honestly start feeling my emotions through my heart rather than thinking with my head. And then I rewind time to I find a memory or a vision or a picture in my mind to where I remember being nervous or scared or lacking confidence before I did something. And then I focus on the thing that I was afraid of or that I lacked confidence in. And then I, I flash forward in my mind to when I had already successfully accomplished it. And then I hone in into that, into that image of feeling gratitude and love and abundance from having accomplished the thing that I was previously nervous or lacking confidence in. And then when I actually lock in, in that, in that mindset and I lock into that emotion, then I look back. It's kind of like on a bird's eye view where Mm. you're looking down on yourself and you can see the three different versions of you when you were nervous, when you lacked Mm. confidence and when you were scared going through the emotion and then after you accomplished it, you take the moment and the, and the feeling from after you accomplished it, you take that emotion with you, you go back and visit that picture in your mind of when you were going through with it, 
which it changes your emotion of what you felt then versus what you know you could feel now because you know you know it's a fact that you accomplished it and then you go back to when you were nervous about it and you kind of tell your younger version of yourself mm-hmm. no reason to not be confident no reason to be nervous about it because look you already you achieved did it, it. Mm-hmm. and then and then i go back and i and i harness that emotion and i and i bring it to my present self and so then once i open my eyes i know that all of a sudden i have this level of confidence because there's been millions of of scenarios that I've lacked confidence or that I've been nervous or scared in that I've accomplished. Some I've failed in, you know, and some I've I've accomplished. But when you hone in on that one emotion, all of a sudden you have that extra push. Mm. And then the nervousness goes away because now you know you've accomplished things you didn't think you could before. And you just now put yourself in that scenario where it's like, this is no different than that one time in my past. I did it then, I can do it now. I like that. And you spoke that about failure and you said sometimes it does happen. So how do you deal with that? What is the best way, especially in an industry like yours, it's so competitive. How do you get back up? What are your techniques when things go wrong? Ask a better question. That is, that is my driving force. That is what has transformed my life, especially in the self-development space is ask a better question. I personally like failing and Mm. I didn't at first I, because I'm an overachiever and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm uh, somewhat of a workaholic to get to where I want to go. I realized that by getting further faster, which is one of my mottos, is you have to fail. You have to have the yang of your yin. You mm-hmm. know, you need to be able to know what you're bad at so that you know what, you're, what you, you can acknowledge and appreciate what you're good at. You know, you can't have one without the other. And without failure, there's no learning. And if you change your, your perspective and recognize that failing is a choice, mm. the only difference between a successful person and a person that is, is failing or calls themselves or considers themselves a failure is the successful person tried one more time mm. after failing. That's the only difference. How do you shift that mindset? So say something's happened, how do you shift that mindset? What kind of question do you ask yourself? Um, Primary question is, what can I learn from this? Mm. And then I assess, why do I consider it a failure? Why do I think I failed? Mm. Because it didn't come out like I wanted it to or I thought I did. Then I ask a better question. Well, what could I have done differently to make it have come out better? I said, Mm. I could have asked somebody for help. I could have looked at a YouTube uh, video for a tutorial on how to draw X, Y, Z. You know, Mm. there's a million questions that if you take the mind shift away from what I didn't accomplish, you know, and actually recognize and celebrate a small win, like, wow, I actually knowing that I'm not good at this, I put pen to paper and I made the attempt. Congratulations. And all of a sudden, my feeling is different. It's coming from a different perspective. And so now I'm not seeing as as a, as a negative, but I'm seeing it. Wow! I congratulate myself from trying something that I knew I wasn't good at. How could I have shown up better? How could I have approached it in a different direct in a different way so that mm. it would have had a different outcome? And then all of a sudden, I'm no longer thinking of what I failed in. I'm thinking of how I could have done it better, or how I'm going to do it better next time. For you, what's been the hardest lesson you've learned in your career? And then take me through how that's helped you and how you've changed that question. Power proximity. Biggest, most amazing 
incorrect way of thinking and biggest failure and lesson that I learned the hard way. And what I mean by power proximity, my parents used to always say, and, I, and, and, it, and it's, it's the irony is like, as you grow up, there's certain things that your parents will say, you know, that you just kind of dismiss because it's your parents saying it yeah, or it's yeah. a cliche or a, a saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents used to always say, lay down with dogs and you're going to get fleas, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so as I got older, I realized how valuable it is to have good quality people in your life and in your proximity, because the power and proximity means if you are, if you are willing to be the dumbest person in the room and mm-hmm. not feel dumb in a negative way of, wow, I'm not good enough or gosh, you know, I'll never amount to being like them and shift that mindset, that two millimeter shift and say, I embrace, I am so glad that I'm the dumbest person in the room because all I can do is learn, right? If you are around people that push you to your greatness, that are constantly teaching you, that are able to propel you in a trajectory that's going to get you uh, further, faster. Mm-hmm. I mean, that right there is going to determine a, it's going to be a huge determining factor on the quality of your life, you know? And there's mm-hmm. a, there's an equation that I love that I live my life by it says, show me the, uh, the, the five people that you hang out with the most. Yeah. And I could pretty much tell you what your life is going to be like. Yes. And then show me the 10 people that are in your closest proximity, average out what they make a year. Mm-hmm. Between all of them, nine times out of 10, that's what you're probably making a year. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I've and read so, so many articles about that. It's so true. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then plus, if you're always the smartest person in the room, you're with the wrong friends. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now that I have this acknowledgement and this awareness, I can say, wow, if I could have told my younger version that forget the people you're yeah. trying to impress, forget the cool clicks mm-hmm. and the cool groups, forget that. Yeah. Go be the dumbest person in the room. Go be with somebody that's going to understand what holding you and being accountable to whatever you do, say, act, or, or claim you're going to be, mm-hmm. that is going to be right in your ear and saying, did you do this? You know, did you learn that? Have you accomplished this? Like how, how are you going to ask a better question? So that I would say has been my, my hardest lesson and my favorite lesson, because now I, I am, I am smart enough. I am confident enough and I, I am well positioned to know exactly what I want in my life that I voluntarily got rid of 95% of the people in my life, including family, you know, and I did what's called. Uh, a block party, which is one of the chapters block, that I'm writing. Block party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's one of it's one of the chapters that I'm writing in my book. It, it's called my block party, where I put on uh, a great music, and you know, at the time that I was thinking this, you know, I would either grab like a beer or a glass of wine or something like that. Now I'm pretty much doing a smoothie or a green shake, um, <laughs> but. I, I put myself in a great state of mind and yeah. I'm either looking at my, my Instagram, my Facebook or my social media mm-hmm. or my contacts, you know, in my phone. And I am purpose. I am purposely looking at, uh, what doesn't serve me anymore. Yeah. And I get excited on the people that I am going to remove from my contacts list, from my social media following, from who I'm following, 
from my friends list, including my family, you know, and I, I get excited because mm-hmm. I am removing the things and the negative influences in my life. Mm-hmm. And I don't see that as a negative. I see that as a positive because now I have more space to allow people that are going to be of abundance and of like-minded individuals and people that are going to push me to the next level. Now I have room for them to be in my life. I love so that. I created a block party. I like that. I think I'm going to have one of those parties. That sounds amazing. It's funny because in the last episode, I was talking just about like being in quarantine and scrolling Instagram a bit more and just looking at people and it just doesn't make you feel good. And I said, if it doesn't serve you and it doesn't make you feel good, then we just need to stop. And I agree. I'm still learning that lesson, JJ. I have to say I'm in my thirties and I still care what people think of me. And I think for me, that's probably the hardest lesson to learn. So when you said that, that really spoke to me. I also grew up culturally, like my background, my parents are Lebanese. So being hospitable and being kind to everyone is a big deal in that culture. So for me, trying to be more assertive as an adult is something that I had to build on. So I think you're 100% right. Just being conscious of those thoughts and the things that don't serve you and letting them go is so important on this journey. Just be well, yourself. I, I can tell you, you know, and I appreciate you, uh, you saying that. Uh, because it, it, it wasn't it wasn't like something that happened overnight to where I could just put on a thick skin and say, wow, I don't care what people think. I had the fortunate ability to learn through my career in entertainment to build a thick skin because, I mean, when you're constantly, I mean, constantly being told you're too fat, you're too skinny, you're too tall, mm-hmm. you're too short, you're too dark, you're too white, you have too many tattoos, not enough tattoos, you know, your teeth mm-hmm. look funny, your eyes are too squinty, like when you're constantly being told this, you you have one of two choices, crawl under a rock and want to die, or you build a thick skin and then you mm. figure out how to deflect what's being said and take what serves, you know, what serves you and use that as a superpower. And for me to be able to build the ability of not caring, <laughs> uh, it's just not, not caring what people think. The reason why I'm able to do that, especially, you know, at 41 years of age, it, it got to the point where I focused in and I, and I shifted my focus to not what people think of me, yeah. but I started solely concentrating on what my mission in life is. So it's more goal oriented. Exactly. So, so, so not, not exactly on the things that I wanted to do, but what my mission was, what my purpose in life was when I understood what that was, I quiet my mind. I get to a point where I'm like, okay, you know, God, Allah, my creator, whatever anybody wants to call it. But for me, I call it my God, my creator. And I said, please allow me to be the right vessel so that I can figure out and hear how to understand the messages that I see, hear, feel, or experience so that I can put myself in a position that I was meant to to begin with. Mm-hmm. And at that point, when I focus so, so strongly on the mission, then I figure out, okay, how do I need to show up to be able to make that mission successful? I have to be a good person. I have to speak my truth. I have to be kind to other. I have to know that I want to treat others the, uh, the way that I want them to treat me. I have to have good morals. I have to get, have good standards. And this is what I must be. And when I realize that, and when I understand what my model of my world is, yeah. I can't care what someone else's opinion is going to be of me because mm-hmm. their model of their world doesn't match mine. So I now am uh, surrounded by people that empower me. And that's when 
not caring what people think mm-hmm. serves mm-hmm. you. I love that. Say what? I want to do the fast five, which are this or that question. So I'll ask you a question and you can just say what your preference is. So R&B or pop? R&B. Chocolate or vanilla? Chocolate. East Coast or West Coast? West Coast. Radio or video? Video. Okay, controversial one coming up. Do you eat pineapple on pizza? Yes or no? Yes. Okay, cool. That's good. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, JJ. I think uh, your answers were so helpful and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to so many of your experiences and I'm sure you've inspired a lot of people out there. I appreciate it and definitely, you know, whatever I can do to be of service because I honestly believe that the secret of living is giving. And uh, uh, if I may, you know, if you guys do have any listeners, viewers uh, in your network that would love to have this type of champion champion mindset and and to know how to love yourself, believe in yourself, understand yourself mm-hmm. so that you can better understand th- those around you and elevate yourself to a degree that you can, you know, get further faster. My partners and I, we did create a uh, curriculum where we call it Legacies of Tomorrow. You can check it out on legaciesoftomorrow.com. Mm-hmm. Our, our website is being built right now and it's actually active with a couple of kinks and quirks in there, but it's meant for a lot of our youth ages from nine to 17, that you are able to go into a community of like-minded people through masterminds. So where you can have access to myself and my partners, we use entertainment to teach self-development so that we allow people to embrace their weird, you know, and understand themselves and get further faster. And it's kind of like a school, but it's so much cooler. <laughs> and if people want to follow you, cause you're pretty cool. What's the best way to find you on social media? So on social media, uh, on Instagram, my Instagram handle is the underscore real underscore JJ underscore Valar, V-I-L-L-A-R. Mm-hmm. And then on Facebook is J.J.V-I-L-L-A-R. And, and then you website? can find it there. And then my personal website is being built right now, but it'll be under jjvalar.com. I do have an entertainment website where it's jjvalarentertainment.com. We'll add those to our show notes as well. Thank you. Thanks, JJ. Thank you very much. Have an awesome day. Wonderful. You too. Have a great day. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. Bit of a confession, I find JJ Villar very cool and I felt like a bit of a nerd interviewing the cool guy. It was a bit of a flashback to my middle school days, although I was more of a drama geek. I digress. Anyway, I have really learned a lot from this chat. Uh, JJ is cool, he's confident, and he is one of those people that really puts things into perspective because when he spoke about having a block party and getting rid of the negative people in your life, even though it was a bit extravagant for me, it resonated with me because 
I in the past have tried to impress people that don't necessarily like me or want to support me instead of just realizing that they might not share my worldview and there's nothing that I can do about how they feel. And you know, what it made me really think about is limiting my contact with those negative people. Instead of trying too hard to be their friend, I'm going to start focusing more on the people that love me and celebrate my accomplishments. And I want you to go on the journey with me. That's your homework. Surround yourself with positive people and don't try to impress people who you feel just don't like you or support you. Do what serves you. Support yourself with positive people who love you and really invest in those relationships. Say thank you to those people instead of focusing on the people that don't like you. I hope you have an awesome week. I love you guys. I support you. Keep chasing those goals. And remember guys, stay curious. Later.